Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowance and I'm joined from a car park in Leicester with Ashley Priest. Ash, how are you, mate? Yes, I'm all right, mate. I'm in the car park in Leicester. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot been in the car park in Leicester. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, Saturday night, here we go. Party starting. Um, we're here to talk about uh, Leicester City nil, Aston Villa nil. Now I'll put a disclaimer up 30 seconds into the show saying I've not seen a single thing from today. I've been working on, on other stuff uh, with work, so I've not seen anything besides the social media reaction and Stephen Gerrard's post-match uh, interview. And of course, Ash, all your written stuff today has uh, kept me right up to date. So I just want to put that out there. I'm not going to hear and offer an opinion on the game. I've not seen it. That wouldn't be fair. I'm just here to ask the questions. So first of all, Ash, just your, your general thoughts on the game and, and the result as a whole for us. What do you want first, Dan? The positives or the negatives? Uh, let's go negatives first. Get them out of the way. Negatives first. Villa were quite laboured today. Villa were. Villa lacked a cutting edge up front. Lacked a bit of quality when needed. Um... And that urgency was missing again, despite Leicester playing four times since Villa last played. Uh, you expected a little bit more from Villa today. Um, negatives as well. Yeah, I think I thought Leon Bailey struggled on, on his big day today. Mm. Um, I thought the defence was okay. Other negatives. Yeah, just yeah, not putting the ball in the back of the net um, when they needed to. Missed some big chances today. And overall, I think it's got a laboured showing. Um Easy to say, oh, they're on the beach and all this this game, but uh, I expected a little bit more from the Villa today off the back of the Tottenham result, not playing in a couple of weeks and uh, coming into Leicester today. Uh, the Leicester I expected to be a bit, bit jaded from their exploits, but yeah, the Villa didn't really didn't really force the issue enough for me, Dan. And the positives? Uh, good defensively today, much better shape, much better organisation, um, much tougher to beat. Uh, clean sheet, always a plus. Mm-hmm. Gerard loved, loved that clean sheet today, and um, and yeah, positives. I thought Watkins was okay, led the line all right up front today, but he got got some change out for Fana, which is quite good. Um, and that's it, really. Defensively, much better. Uh, Gerard said in his interview with Villa TV that uh, Watkins was unplayable at times in the second half. Did yeah. you go that far? A uh, little bit, I th- I th- yeah. Like, like Gerard, I, I saw something Watkins today. He looked much more mean. I looked, he had the fire in his belly again. Um, I thought Watkins has been a bit down in the dumps over the last few weeks, so bit moaning a little bit, hands in the air. But today, I think it was good, decent value up front. Um, Fafana's highly rated at Leicester, mm. and uh, he gave him the runaround for large parts today. Should have scored after was it twenty minutes. We had we had a, f- a, f- a free shot on goal from eighteen yards. Put it straight down Schmeichel's pipe. Should have gone into the corners with that one. Had an effort in the second half as well, which is down Schmeichel's near side. So, just that little finishing um, is missing today. But other than that, he's running. He beat. He, he's prepared to beat a man one on one as well, which is which is much better. So yeah, Watkins a big plus today for me, um, despite not scoring. 
Who's your man of the match? Uh, this is a bit, bit how this kind of mini podcast is going to go here. I'm just going to ask you generic questions because I haven't seen enough from today to to offer an opinion. So, man of the match. Yeah, looking back on my writings, I should perhaps give Watkins a seven and a couple of centre halves are right today. But yeah, when, when the uh, the sub asked me at the mail, who's your, who's your man of the match? I, I gave it to Watkins in the end, just edging it. I thought he did a lot of front leading on his own today. And and yeah, could have been one of the centre backs, but Mings and Conte did, did well today. Um, midfield lacking again for me. McGinn, Ramsey. Uh, I thought Douglas was, Douglas was okay. I think I think Gerard brought him off to stop him from getting red carded because um, Douglas was getting caught up in it. And McGinn battled hard, but you need a bit more quality for me. Um, mm. So, yeah, midfield looking a bit stale of late. Perhaps a, a change is needed in there. Gerard talked up Tim Oregunum, you know, big time yeah, in his yeah. press now. Big time, talked him up. I mean, you come on today, Tim, and I've, he's massive, isn't he? Huge size for an 18 year old, and he uh, did well. So, uh, expected big things from him. Uh, Gerard said he's always in early uh, body more doing doing the gym work and stuff so he's re- really dedicated and Gerard loves t- young Tim Boonham. and yeah um, yeah, I, th- I think Watkins just edges my man in the match Let's go back to, to team news then when it comes out at 2 o'clock surprised me a little bit I, I didn't think Bailey would, would be in there um, I thought there might be that change at centre-half with Chambers as well um, you're obviously in the stadium or in and around it. What was the feeling amongst maybe Villa fans that you you were seeing and, and in the press room with the team news that came out? Yeah, very surprised to see Leon Bailey in after his underwhelming showing at Wolves on his last start. Um, fans have been clamouring for to see more of Emi Buendia. Um, mm. That didn't happen today. Gerard went into detail about that afterwards. He said, Leon Bailey's been the best trainer at Villa for the last seven seven to ten days. He, he wants, to re- wants to keep rewarding people like that who performing training well and I know I know training and playing is a different different ball game but I want Gerard shuffle the pack slightly today with his two changes I know one was enforced at left back but yeah he gave a huge vote of confidence for Leon Bailey he said he's getting there he missed that big big chance after seven minutes um, and yeah I think he's rusting the show uh, for the early parts Gerard explained explained his thinking behind Bailey he wanted more, more ball carriers in the team giving Leicester will put Villa under pressure he wanted Players to bail his pace from from deep and running running at the heart of Leicester, which he did that to some extent in the second half. And um, he was pleased with Buendia's little cameo uh, late on as well, and hinted at his involvement next week against Norwich. He said his his old his old club's rocking up at Villa Park. He'll want to he'll want to prove them. Um, want to play him that one next week. So perhaps we could see Buendia next week as well. So so yeah, the big surprise was seeing Leon Bailey, as it was Gerard's comments afterwards saying he's been the best trainer, head and head and shoulders above the rest. At, back at base and you got to reward people who are, who are on forming training so he did that today bit of rusty dust from Bailey um, second start since November so yeah we need him to kick on now six games to go we need to start, start getting into that rhythm and then before you know the season will conclude so yeah um, it's a voice in that sense if he can stay fit as well during those last six games, um, exactly. I understand. I understand the rewarding of players if you've been the best, one of the best performers in training for for two weeks, pretty much, and then don't get in the side. I understand how how that might come across. Did he do enough? Do you think today to to warrant another start next week? The thing is with attacking players, Dan. I think they need a run of games. You know, and I think you need to need to um, take the rough with the smooth, as it were. I think he needs two, three, four starts. I think look look when Watkins come out of the team and then he started and started to score again. Mm. I think attacking players they need that run of games to find the consistency. It's very hard um, in that sense to to play one, come in from after having four games off, play one and then expected to play brilliantly. I, th- I don't think that that happens. So I think I'd like to see him just 
nothing to lose now. I think Villa are near enough safe, aren't they? Um, I, I think I'd, I'd, I'd persevere with Bailey, try and get him a bit of form in the last six games, get that momentum going into the pre-season. And Gerard spoke again about the importance of adding one or two, one or two, to throw a few players in, in pre-season today again. So all eyes on that, but he wants to finish in a style with six, six to go. There's a few choice comments about Bale that I can't read out because of the language, but the the sentiment amongst Villa fans is that he wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, at half time, I was seeing a few tweets saying, you know, kind of what happened to Leon Bailey being this quick quick winger? He doesn't even seem to have the pace anymore. Do you think the injuries that he's had has, has affected his physicality? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was Jewsby Hall, what decent player he's Dan Leicester, young young Jewsby Hall midfielder. He, he yeah, he outpaced Bailey. You thinking, hang on a minute. That's Bailey's biggest asset. Where's that gone? Um, but yeah, I think he's not up to speed yet. Gerard, Gerard was backing him to the hilt in the, in the presser just there and then he said he's getting there and he's obviously showing it in training. He must be rinsing, rinsing his teammates in training uh, in that sense. So, yeah, I think we need to persevere. I know it's, it's one of them, isn't it? I mean, he didn't, play, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't play too well today at all, to be honest with you, but I think... I, 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 Stick him he's in not going to get better if you don't play him, though, is he? I guess that's that's the, exactly. the crux of it. He's not going to improve if he's out of the team next week, and, and that's the yeah. last we see of him for the for exactly. the, rest of the season. Big money signing done as well. A lot of money spent on him. You need to persevere with these, and mm. we're we'll looking for a knock next week as well. If, if Bailey scores that chance in the in the first seven or eight minutes, it's a it's a different conversation, isn't it? There you go. Um, what was the formation, by the way? How did that forward line work? Was it Bailey on the right and Coutinho on the left? Yeah, Gerard said we made a slight change today, and. Looking at it, it looks like it went to Coutinho a little bit wider, trying to get him involved a little bit more, which didn't really happen today for, for Coutinho. Um, yeah, it was it was very much more of a four-three-three as opposed to the two tens. I think it was Bailey on the right, Coutinho on the left, Watkins down the middle, and um, I think it suited Villa defensively a little bit more, a bit more structure to him, a bit more organisation. And um, yeah, yeah, I thought Coutinho was underwhelming again today. Didn't even get on the ball at all, and yeah, a bit of frustrating one that one. Um, what about Buendia then? That is the the one that kind of polarises fans the most these days. I think that if Coutinho isn't doing it, you kind of think, I understand there's that, that relationship with him and Gerrard and he's this big money, or potentially big money signing. He's a big name. Mm. Emi Buendia is the club record signing. He, he's come in with, with ped- pedigree from Norwich. Um, I know the championship's different, but even so, you spend 38, 40 million on him. He's clearly got ability. He's too good to only be getting ten minutes off the bench. But then, uh, you know, how do you fit them all in? Has Gerard said anything about Buendia and his kind of role as as a substitute? Either he like, yeah, he called him a little warrior today. He'd be chomping at the bit to be involved, and he wants people with the fire in the belly to to want to play and come into a team and make a difference. And it'd be good if you could mesh Buendia and Coutinho into one player. Yeah, I think you'd have a, a very good player there because obviously Buendia runs his socks off, works really hard. Like you say, he's dogged in his in his approach, and and yeah, it's a it's a good old debate, Dan. I mean, Villa don't own Coutinho. Coutinho is Barcelona's player. Villa owned Buendia, spent forty million pounds on him, near enough. So um, yeah, I mean, it's a good debate to have. If you ask me, has Coutinho as a rival um, hampered Buendia? Of course it has. It really mm-hmm. has. I know the pair of the best, really good friends off, off the pitch at Villa, Buendia and Coutinho, and I wish there was a way you could get them, get them both in the. The same same team. I think there, there could be a way. When Dean made a made, made a career out of um, say so Norwich's player of the season out on the right hand side, wasn't he? For Norwich, I mean, when Dean on the right, Coutinho on the left, maybe the stance in that. 
Uh, no, that's Greg. Um, so we'll see. But um, yeah, frustrating at the moment in terms of Wendy's match time. Um, I think he'll play next week though against Norwich for sure. Uh, well, I was just going to ask you quickly towards the end, but we'll, we'll do it now as soon as you brought it up. Changes for next week. Um, obviously, Norwich at home is a game. <laughs> You've got to be expecting Villa to win, haven't you, with, with where Norwich are in the league. Um, another home game, one of the last couple of the season. Yeah, And you've got two forwards there. And, I mean, fans on social media seem to think Watkins wasn't very good. You thought he was right. Gerald thought he was good in the second half. But you've potentially got three forwards there that weren't really that great. So what happens next week? Do you persist with, with Bailey? Do you give him another go? Do you think it's time to drop Coutinho for Buendia? Danny Ings, not even in the conversation. I don't, he didn't come on today, did he? I don't think. Um, no. Nope. £30 million Danny Ings. So what what do you do next week for Norwich? Because yeah, no game is a must-win at this stage because Villa are safe, but losing at home to Norwich would be absolutely disgusting. So I do class that as a must-win. So what do you do to get it over the line next week? Well, Gerard said, I mean, he said no disrespect to Norwich, um, but chances will be more chances will be forthcoming next week against them. And teams got, I don't know, I know Burnley is scrapping for the lives, but Leicester are a decent team today. And I can't remember. It's Leicester not beating for them at home. Is it for Leicester? Mm-hmm. I, I think well, Martin has had about two, two shots to save on target. I, I didn't see him get troubled, not at all, really, today. Martinez didn't pull off a, a super save today to keep Villa in it at all. So. Villa, Villa, Villa kept Leicester at bay for large parts of that today. So, defensively, they look much better in the final third. Had a couple of chances today. Take them. You, you're on, on course to nicking an away win. So, yeah, it's up to Gerard this week. Um, he has no qualms. He, got, he said he's got goals in the side. He got Danny Ings on the bench. Brendan quality there, but but yeah, just fitting fitting the the three into his, his system. Um, I'd like to maybe changing things up a little bit. Maybe Brendan was an eight in there or. Mm. Or Coutinho dropping in, um, but like you say, I think he's pretty set on his on his uh, Ramsey, McGinn, and Douglas Luiz trio. Um, yeah, Ramsey, McGinn didn't really put up to any trees today. Um, with with Sanson being out injured as he's this week, there's no no real no real cover in there. But he, he did say Nakamba's a, a bit off it. He, he, you're not expecting to start from him anytime soon, Dan. From Nakamba, oh, okay. just battling his way back. He said Tim Tim's ahead of him at the moment. So if, if if a player was to come in, it's, it's Tim Ulrich Brunham. That's what Gerald said afterwards. So Nakamba still short fitness wise. Ulrich Brunham's the next man in. You'd say in central midfield. Uh, Carney Chuck Mawaka can't get a game at the moment um, as his contract standoff continues. So yeah, it's um, horses for courses. We'll see what Gerald comes up with next week in terms of his attacking attacking trio. Um, for me, I think Katina could come out the side, but I, I can't see him doing that at home to Norwich. More space. I think Coutinho could, 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 will start again. So, yeah, down to Gerard that one. I ain't got the answer for you, Matt, Dan. I'd quite like to see like a 4-2-3-1 with two sitters. And I don't know whether this applies for for Norwich at home, but, you know, Iru Boonham and, and Louise are the two, potentially. We all know Louise isn't, isn't a DM, but as, you yeah. know, if you've got, a, you know, Iru Boonham is yeah. definitely a DM next to him. He could have that licence to go forward a little bit. Brendier on the right, Coutinho at the 10, Bailey on the left. Yeah. Things up front. Did, what, yeah. what was the switch when, when um, Buendia came on? Because I saw a few people say Bailey looked better on the left. Was that the switch when Deer yeah, went yeah. to the right and Bailey to the left? Yeah, basically, that was yeah, that was the switch there. And yeah, Buendia had, had a little decent cameo, to be fair. Uh, got stuck in, looked a bit of a threat. Gentleman just wider the post as well, almost scored. And yeah, looked, looked worked a little bit better. So maybe, yeah, Coutinho's position at risk, maybe. But like you say, with Norwich at home, I can't see that happening, but we'll see. Um, 
just on Coutinho, you said there about um, his his signing being kind of detriment to Buendia. Would you say maybe a rating out of ten is a better way of doing it? His like him joining Villa on loan. Would you rate that as a success so far? It's easy to um, get carried away with what we've seen of him. Obviously, he's leads at home, leads away, Man U at home, and his performances there. He does it in little spurts, doesn't he? A bit, bit of magic. Um, yeah. Spoke to a couple of players passing recently, and Sicatino in training is unbelievable, incredible. Um, but yeah, just, yeah, I mean, it just shows it in flashes. In terms of the loan signing, I don't know, mate. It's just a tough one, really. I sit on the fence with that one. It's been good and bad, to be fair. He's been quiet and he's been he's been sensational. So, yeah, a bit, a bit inconsistent, that one. How about yourself? I mean, looking from afar, Coutinho, how would you rate it? Tough one, isn't it? What, what, what do you count as average? Is that five out of ten or is that a six out of ten? Six, <laughs> average. six. yeah, probably a six, maybe a seven. I know when we've done stuff with Matt Kendrick, he'll, he'll often talk about enjoying moments in football and looking back on moments. And Coutinho is a bit of a moments player. Yes. You, he'll do things that you remember, little flicks or an assist or a pass around the corner or something. And football is a moments game, isn't it? And it's those little things that kind of excite you. So on that perspective, that is what Coutinho is. But overall, I don't know how many games he's had now, but for someone of that quality, I would probably like a little bit more output from and a bit more consistency. There's a comment yeah. there that sparked that last question saying that we see a flash of brilliance once every three games. Yeah, if only showing up 12 games out of 38 isn't, isn't good enough for a player who's going to be warranting that much money. And it also puts Buendia into a 10-minute cameo role as well. So from that perspective, I can't see any you know, any more than being a 5 out of 10 as you know, average. Does these brilliant moments and looks magical. But if it's the detriment of Buendia and he only shows up a third of the season on average, is that is that the best use of resources? I'm not, I'm not so sure. I think um, we should leave it open for, for six games to go. I think Coutinho's got it all to play for in terms yeah. of his Villa Park future. No, he's next week. Well, a lot of them have, like you say. Yeah, a lot of them have. I think that's the most intriguing aspect of covering Villa for the final six games. You're looking now, who's showing a bit? Who's showing a bit for next season? Who wants to be here next season? Who's tossing it off a little bit? Um, whereas today, I thought overall, I thought it's much improved considering what we've seen that final 45 minutes last week and, and games gone by against decent Leicester side who are flying in Europe, like you say, and decent at home as well. So, yeah, I think when Gerald sits down as his beer later, I think he'll be pleased. And, um, a bit of an update as well, for those that don't know. Michael Beal, Villa's assistant manager. His mm. family were involved in a crash uh, prior to today. And Michael Beal had to dash off to see his family were okay. And then he came back and out, out Villa with the warm-up and stuff. So, Michael Beal's family's all right, thankfully. And Gerard said his assistant was shook up um, to earlier today. So, that, that's, a, that's a positive as well. So, thankfully, they're all, all all right. Um, but yeah, today, I think the coaching staff, Gerard himself, they'll have a bottle of beer. And I think they'll, they'll be pleased with that one. That came across in his press conference just now. He's, he's he loves a clean sheet, Gerard, and that, that's your base now. Norwich, Bur- Burnley twice to come. There's some more home games as well, so it's time to finish the season in style. And hopefully next week, that'll be at Norwich and and yeah. We were asked about the relegation battle in yesterday's preview and you said to ask me again tomorrow, and Burnley don't play till Sunday, which kind of makes us a little bit pointless. So you'll probably say ask me again tomorrow. Um, it's another point further forward for Villa, 37 points now. Um, as you just mentioned, Norwich next, Burnley twice, uh, Crystal Palace, Man City and Liverpool. Yep. Yeah, that's six games, yeah. Smash that. Um, 
people are kind of still looking at the 40 point mark for that absolute safety, that absolute kind of, you know, I can sit yeah. back and relax now. Uh, you know, as I've said many, many times on this podcast, I've felt for, you know, at, at least the last two, three, four weeks that Villa will end up being fine. Um, so you said to ask you today, I will ask you today, just out of principle, do you, are you still worried about relegation or are you, are you any further forward with it? No, I've, I've seen enough today. Defensively, I've seen enough today. Um, look, I've, I've, it could have gone disastrous today. I thought Villa started a little bit sloppy and you're thinking, hang on a minute. you got Martinez shanking balls out and taking risks at the back, but they're dug in. They're, they're, they really did. And I've seen enough today to to warrant, you know what, they're going to stay up. They'll be fine. Hopefully win next week against Norwich um, and move, move forward that way. But yeah, like you say, Burnley played tomorrow. they got Wolves, haven't they? Beat Wolves and We'll see, but um, no. After yeah, I think the the, the Villa squad, the Villa players proved a little bit, proved a little bit of a point today for me, and um, yeah, it was a nil nil. But I'll take the positives from that. Yeah, it's a, it's a clean sheet, point away from home against a side that are above us. Uh, yeah, not really much more you can say about it, is there really? And nil nil is a pretty pretty boring result all round. But you know, given it stops the the four defeats in a row. As I've said, a clean sheet's nice, something to build on. If you do beat Norwich next week, that gets you to that magical 40-point mark. Yep. Uh, decent home atmosphere, some nice performances, hopefully, and then you kind of relax for the last five games of the season. Relax yeah. as much as you can, being a Villa fan anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm Benidorm next week, so I'm missing that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll yeah. win then. I'm sure we always win when you're not, you're not at games and stuff. So. Do, yeah. yeah, good times. Well, I, I, don't missed, know. Uh, I missed Southampton at home before, 4-0. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'll, I'll stay away, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please, mate. Um, yeah, we'll call it a day there then. Thanks for your time, Ash. As always, we do appreciate it. Get yourself home safe and sound. Um, thanks to all the uh, the comments for for tuning in. As always, your prediction for the boxing quickly, seeing as you mentioned it. Um, Dylan White knocks tossed a few yards. Oh, you made it here oh. first. I don't know much about boxing, but I'm just going to say Fiori just to go against you. Um, yeah, so tune into the boxing if you want. <laughs> Thanks for watching the Clark Blue Podcast. As always, we'll be back with a 1982 special in the week, which I'm yet to edit, so I'm hoping it's going to come out. So uh, uh, subscribe to the channel, all those kind of things, and you'll get our uh, content first. Thank you very much for watching, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa. Up the villa.